welcome to FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines. FitSpeak, the podcast, is available on Podbean, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and our website, which is www.fitspeak.com. We're also alive and kicking it on Instagram. We have pictures of all things triathlon and fitness-related. Check it out. Tell us what you think. We are at FitSpeak. And we're also Facebook-friendly. The latest links to the coolest things in multi-sport, plus conversations to make you think about why you try. It's FitSpeak on Facebook. FitSpeak is brought to you by Wenting Cycling Mission, and here is your Wenting's Word of the Week. It is FTP. Mention that word to Bruce or any one of the staff members at Wenting's and you'll win a prize. It's just that easy. Once again, your Wenting's Word of the Week is FTP. And we're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. With spring already here, it's time to build that fitness in the great outdoors. Whether you're hitting the trails, the roads, or the lakes to get your fitness fix, TriJoy can help. We can maximize your training time with structured and motivating sessions. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See our link at the bottom of this page. And welcome again to another edition of the FitSpeak Roundtable. We've got the whole gang here tonight saying hello from Maple Ridge. We have Roy Macbeth. Hi, everybody. And from the beautiful community of Mission in the Sunshine, we have Mikey Ross. Hi there. And in a Ford, what the heck is it, an F-150? F-150, that's right. Located somewhere in Coquitlam this beautiful Wednesday evening, we have K-Dub. Welcome back to Kevin Watt. Thank you. Hey, guys. Hope everyone's doing good tonight. We've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about tonight. We're going to be talking triathlon, cycling, and some controversy. We're going to try something different out with the FitSpeak panelists. We're going to get into a discussion question here in a few minutes. But uh, leading things off, our top five man, Mikey Ross, uh, with a bit of an update on things from the Abbotsford Triathlon Club. Well, as we speak, they are adding the mileage for the Great Western Challenge, and I am actually on the edge of my seat with it because the last week of this five-week challenge was a swim challenge, and there are a lot of uh, ATC members who were participating who weren't able for different reasons to swim. So we had a healthy lead apparently up to week four, but they're adding the miles and we're going to find out probably tomorrow whether the Abbotsford Triathlon Club was the winner of the Alberta BC Great Western Challenge. And that's out of all the triathlon clubs that decided to participate in both British Columbia and Alberta. So yes, ATC yes. was in the lead up until the swim. We will see if the club held it together, led of course by our fearless head coach and almost darn near everything else, Mikey Ross. Oh, I'm very hopeful. Very hopeful. And speaking of Mikey, hopeful, I, I, Mikey, I'm disappointed I didn't get a call up for that swim challenge. I would have came in. Oh, buddy, buddy, buddy. 2022. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, speaking of hopeful, I mean, we're still looking for some sort of semblance of a race season coming up here for 2021. And as we've harped upon, or at least I've harped upon with the cancellation of the Dynamic Race Series, we've kind of had to make our own fun. And we're going to get into that sort of thing as our discussion question. But before that, what's happening in the world of Kevin Watt? Well, spring is spring in and 
flowers are blooming. Um, building a new Fitspeak studio up at Mike Ross's. Uh, <laughs> that's been coming along pretty good. I guess there is some sort of a plan in the works where we'll head up there and podcast from yes. way up high in the sky. Yeah, over at Mike Ross's. Uh, just been focused on that. And, uh, you know, spring is here and I'm happy. I'm happy that the nice weather is finally on us. Get on with life again, right? So one of the happiest households in Western Canada has got to be in Maple Ridge, the Maple Ridge household of Roy Macbeth's because he's got some exciting news, not about himself, but um, his son Connor got a pretty special package in the past little while. Yeah, it was uh, pretty cool, actually. Um, for those of you that know Cody Beals, uh, one of our Canadian pro triathletes, he's also a Wadi Inc. pro. Uh, he had posted uh, uh, not so much a contest. I guess it was somewhat of a contest on his Instagram, uh, Instagram page last week where uh, he wanted people to post. He was feeling a bit down about uh, triathlon and COVID uh, setbacks and everything, so he wanted people to post on his uh on his uh, site there uh what you know what exercise and triathlon and stuff meant to them and how it's improved uh, things for them uh so i kind of took the initiative not for myself but put in a little uh blurb about connor and uh how well he's been doing uh riding zwift and racing on one of the wadi inc uh, teams um and and uh you know the the growth and change and confidence mm -hmm. uh, that we've seen in him over the past four or five months that he's been doing that. And uh, yeah, to my surprise, a, a lot of the athletes that I know, a lot of the athletes on the Wadi Inc. team, um, they commented on my post uh, forfeiting their entry, mm. um, asking uh, Cody, saying, yeah, uh, we think Connor deserves it. And lo and behold, uh, when he announced the, the winner, mm -hmm. rather than doing a random draw, he yeah. uh, called out uh, Connor and uh, sent him this amazing... Uh, 2020 Wadi Inc. Uh, Cody Beals race kit. Yeah, full kit. Uh, jersey, bibs, arm warmers, vests, uh, the whole deal. And uh, I knew it was coming. Uh -huh. We picked it up from the mailbox on Monday. Uh, Connor was literally shaking so much when he saw the box in there that he couldn't get the, the mailbox closed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he was so pumped uh, to wear it in his Tuesday night race, the WTRL race series, and the Wadi Inc. team that he races on in the D division. I think the kit uh, brought out a few extra watt bombs. <laughs> he crushed it. He had uh, took numerous sprint points throughout the one-hour race and finished second overall. Uh, new FTP. Wow. Booted out of the category. He <laughs> upgraded him to the category C. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty amazing couple days for him. Yep. That's fantastic. So, Bike Boy Isn't is that, on top of the world. Community. What a great community to, you know, support him and – so yeah, it's, uh, it meant a lot. It meant a lot to us, and I've uh, I've reached out to Cody since we've had a few conversations and stuff, and it's it's just been really cool to see, you know, him him reach out as well and say, you know, that he just thinks it was super deserving. We sent uh, Cody a picture when the kit showed up with Connor in it and shared it on Instagram and stuff, and and he was really appreciative of that too. So really a quality human being and and uh, it just it's been awesome for him. It it just keeps boosting his confidence, uh, so it's great. Yeah, it really adds to the whole thing that 
you know, sports personalities, athletes can still be heroes, even in this day and age where, you know, it's it's so challenging for all of us as athletes, you know, not only long distance triathletes, but athletes in general. Um, we've certainly had our share of, you know, sports anti-heroes, but uh, to have a feel-good story like that and to have your son, you know, take it kind of to the next level after receiving that gift from Cody Beals is is just a win-win for not only sport, but it's, you know, the whole community, right? Yeah, exactly. It'll, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he deals with going from front pack to hanging on the back of the next group. But, you know, I've just told him that's, uh, that's the, that's the reality of, uh, improving, right? You, yeah. you move through one group and you, you start at the bottom and you work your way back through the next group as well. So, um, he's got a great attitude. We'll see how it goes. Absolutely. Well, let's stick with the sport of triathlon. Like we said, not a whole lot happening in Canada. Of course, not much is happening in Canada because it's still spring bordering on summer with these sorts of temperatures. But down in Texas, they did have a race. And for once, it wasn't a challenge branded race. It was the good old Ironman 70, a 70 rather point three race. And, uh, Roy, um, an update on a couple of the winners, and including, uh, once again, a bit of a disappointing swim for our girl, Heather Jackson. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, uh, first off, I want to say I'm, I'm a bit disappointed with Ironman, to be quite honest. Um, you know, it's been fantastic with how the sport has been struggling to see these challenge races and the coverage and stuff that they've shown um, has been an awesome event to watch for four or five hours. Uh, it's Ironman's first race back in what a year and, uh, nothing but a live tracker. Mm. So, um, why they didn't have any coverage out there is, is unknown to me, but you know, the, the build up to the race, if you watched athletes, Instagram stories and, and, uh, YouTube channels and stuff like that for Lionel and Sam Long and Heather Jackson. And, uh, you know, you, you got some good insight and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, the, the men's race was spectacular. And I don't know if anyone watched. We actually watched the live feed for the finish when it came up. Um, but the top the top three guys were all within 45 seconds. Um, that's and exciting. I think, oh, that's kind of unheard of. And that's what I mean. If you would have had some live coverage to watch that, the rundown would have just been amazing. You know, Lionel Sanders had a great swim. Uh, first chase pack out of the water. You know, of course, he went to the front on the bike as expected. Uh, and then held on throughout the run for the win. The big, the big, uh, the big unit there, Sam Long, had a terrible swim. Uh, well, maybe just hasn't been putting the swim time in, but he came out uh, quite a bit down and ended up putting in the fastest bike split, but that may have stung the legs because mm -hmm. he made it up to second and then was overtaken in a sprint by Ben Canute for the finish. So, I mean, those guys, like I said, were all within about 40 seconds which you think over a three hour and 45 minute race is, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. It would be, would have been so exciting to see the battles going on back and forth. I think the big loser on the men's side that day was, um, I'm going to have to get Ann in here to help me out. Long. He got a five minute penalty on the bike. And what was he uh, up to? Dra uh, drafting, I think, you know, the draft, the 20, 20 meter drafting rule might be kind of hard to, to keep. I think they had, they had such a tailwind on the way out that, I think they were averaging about 55 kilometers an hour on the way out. And then the turnaround, they were at 35 kilometers uh, an hour. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, oh, Joe Skipper. Joe Skipper. Me. So uh, Joe Skipper, I think, got caught with a drafting penalty. And he ended up about five minutes and 15 seconds down from the winner, from Lionel. Oh. 
so you without take that, that penalty, oh. yeah, you take that five minutes away, and now you got four guys racing for the win. So it would have been exciting. Um, yeah, the the women's race, you know, was exciting. Sounded exciting as well, but of mm-hmm. course, you just you don't know because you don't get to see anything. So uh, poo poo on Ironman a bit, a bit for that, mm-hmm. I think. But uh, Sky Munch had another great race, taking the win. Uh, she had a great showing at Challenge Miami. It was uh, Little Mets. I can never remember her first name. There's Big Mets and Little Mets. Mm-hmm. She had a fantastic run to run up into second place. Yes, fourth was Heather Jackson, who ran ran up into to fourth place and overcoming, again, what was a disappointing swim for her. So, yeah, I mean, you can't win it in the swim, but I think you can lose it. So, I don't know what's going on. She's been putting in a lot of time with swimming. She's apparently swimming in... Uh, in uh, Tucson uh, with the same group as yeah. Lionel. Um, the coach is Bear uh, something. And that swim group has all the pros that are in, in Tucson right now training. And uh, Lionel's making some great progress, and, and Heather just doesn't seem to get there. So not sure what's what's happening. She needs to, needs to drop that swim time before Kona for sure because her run is improving immensely. But she needs to get out in at least that first chase pack. Yeah, you don't want to have to, you know, put on an outstanding bike and have to run something incredibly fast because you're spotting people, you know, five or ten minutes out of the water. So uh, wishing yeah. wishing the best of success in, in putting together a, a solid swim. Uh, speaking of yeah. swimming, this is uh, week number three of me. I'm doing the Brent Hayden Swim Program, and it is called the Hydro Sloth to Hydro Shark series. I'm in week three, and right now we are, as Roy was alluding to, kicking my legs off. Uh, I would say kicking my brains out, but my brains have been gone for, for decades now, so I'm working a lot on the kick. I am having faith in the process, and um, because I am kind of a, a data-driven guy, I haven't got the gumption to do any all-out 500 since starting the program, but I have tried all-out 50s, and I can say <laughs> I'm going to put my faith in the program. I've dropped my time by two seconds, so I'm ordinarily about a 56-second person for a, a 50-meter, pretty much full out. I'm down to about 52 now, so is it the kicking? I'm going to believe it is, and I'm excited about uh, putting some more time in, of course, the Mission Leisure Center, but also, speaking of swimming, I, I had my first taste of weeds and natural water in Wanak Lake on, of course, April Fool's Day. I lasted uh, 24 minutes. I'm gonna dip a bit more than my toes and actually get my face in the water and try and do some real swimming tomorrow with these incredible temperatures. Uh, we're gonna switch gears right now and go from the world of swimming and triathlon into that cycling sport. Uh, of course, there is a lot of racing over the couple of weeks we've got spring classics happening and whatnot but over the weekend was the tour of the Basque country and you could almost rename that like a, a duplicate of the tour de france roy what are you what are you thinking about that race <laughs> yeah for sure i mean uh, the two big players there uh primos roglic and uh pogachar there they're they were you know that that was the big battle for the, the tour de Basque country for sure you know, there were a lot of, I think, other uh, big players from some of the other teams that, that may have been missing, the GC contenders uh, from Ineos. I know Adam Yates was at the Basque Country. I'm not quite sure whether he is their GC guy for the tour or not. But there were a few guys that were absent from that. But the spring racing has just been phenomenal. Um, 
you know, I watched a lot of that Basque Country wine, especially the, the Queen stage there, and uh, which would have been stage five. And on stage, Primoz Roglic, you know, wearing the yellow jersey throughout the week, and they decided to give it away uh, to UAE Emirates. And actually, the American rider, um, McCarthy, uh, out of Colorado, which was cool to see, mm. um, but he just he just couldn't couldn't hold it when they got to the Queen stage and all the climbing. Um, I think it was a brilliant tactical move by Lotto Jumbo to to give away the yellow, and they didn't quite have a strong enough team there to to lead Roglic and protect the jersey the whole time. So by giving it away, they made the other team you know ride to protect the jersey, uh, which you know left Roglic to kind of sit in for a day or two. Yeah. Uh, when the real hard climbing stage came, of course the you know the the cream rises to the top, and and Roglic rode away. Um, Pogacar, who tried to make up the gap, unfortunately that's that's what happens, right? The first year you come out and, mm-hmm. and you win, and everyone is, doesn't know who you are. Yes. Now they know who you are. Yes. Uh, and when he went to the front on the climbs, everyone said, "Okay, you want him, you go get him." And he mm-hmm. had a group of about twelve guys that would not come around and help him. Ah. Um, so he just he was forced to ride on his own and and they never caught so it was it's exciting the the spring series the flanders yeah some of these shorter one week races and stuff it's been really exciting so i've really enjoyed watching a lot of it on uh, gcn plus or flow sports i was looking forward to the perry robet uh, race but of course that's been put off um, I don't know if they've even announced uh, a date for that race, but all we know is that, you know, the hell of the north up in uh, Belgium and in France, that's, uh, that's not going to be held uh, while it wasn't held last weekend. Uh, but enough with the, you know, top cyclists and triathletes in the world. We're going to get down to us. Here comes our discussion question. So guys, get ready to rumble. Here we go. Uh, So with the Dynamic Race Events Series canceled for this year, there's been some online chatter. Um, In fact, people are talking about going to Oliver for the first weekend in June to do their own, in quotes, unofficial Oliver Half Iron. So here's the question. If the travel restrictions were lifted, because right now we're we're strongly discouraged from you know even visiting other parts of the province, but if those travel restrictions were lifted, would you go there to Oliver and do your own version of the Oliver half? So it's a yes you would or no you wouldn't, and tell us why or why not. Let's start off with Kevin Watt. I know you and I did some uh, amazing battles. Sometimes you would win in Oliver. Sometimes I would win um, through hot weather and cool weather. But uh, some of my favorite moments in the sport were there, racing with you and Oliver. Um, Would you return for an unofficial kind of like do-it-yourself? I feel like we're talking about religion and politics here right now. Well, there's, um, a, there's a blurring of politics and sport in this sort of question, and that's why I kind of brought it up. You know, what's kind of going through my head right now is, I don't know, I mean, I guess I'm thinking about Connor. I think I, I, I'm kind of looking at it from that point of view. I'm looking at it from, you know, Mike Ross, and of course he had his, his you know, heart issue and stuff, and... Maybe there's a lot of people out there like that and that have to be a little bit more sensitive. Might not do it. 
even if the restrictions, the travel restrictions were lifted? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. You, you pressured him into it, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's not that. It's just, you know, um, kind of look at the big picture, right? So I guess if the restrictions, you know, are lifted, then I guess I'm not technically in the gray area. So, yeah, I, I guess I, su I suppose I could do it, right? And we can get so, into the, uh, the nitty gritty. One of the questions I was going to kind of introduce once the pot was starting to boil was <laughs> was the how part. But, um, Kevin, you've, uh, you've answered the question. Let's go to Roy McBeth. Um, yeah, so I can answer it uh, quite quickly because I'm one of the people that probably started that conversation. We are planning to go to Oliver. Uh, Ann and Connor and I, we are, of course, the three of us, me due to my transplant mm -hmm. and due to recent chemo uh, and Connor um, having some other issues are all more susceptible to COVID. However, we've also all had our first vaccination shot. We have secured accommodations at uh, a friend that I work with who has a place in a Soyuz cottages. So it's not in town. Right. It is, uh, you know, a, a three bedroom house in a Soyuz cottages where we can bring our own food, prepare our own meals. Uh, we're not going out to restaurants and things like that. We're not in the community of Oliver. I have been training uh, regularly. Uh, Oliver was on my race list as a preparation race for Ironman Canada, which, you know, End of August, mm -hmm. am, am I hopeful? Yes. Yes. Uh, Reality-wise, probably no. Um, but, you know, even given that, uh, if we're able to travel, I will make arrangements to go to Penticton uh, and do my own event for that as well. I've been riding alone, mm -hmm. running alone, swimming with Anne. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, if there's other people in Oliver, I'll keep my distance, um, but you know, we've made arrangements to go, so yes. Okay, putting you down is a, a definite yes. So Kevin <laughs> is mm, yes, Roy is yes. Um, Mikey Ross, uh, you've got a unique position here. Um, I wouldn't say your role as the head coach for ATC is a, a political one, but in cases like this, I mean, you're, you're kind of a figurehead, but where do you stand on this? Would you go to Oliver? Yeah, you know, I'm normally not a fence sitter. I'm usually like, you know, pro-con, I can make my decision. But as listening to the other guys' uh, rationales, I respect them. But my first reaction, even when I read the proposal, we, get, we have some people in the club that are, you know, talking about an informal distanced event. Mine would have to be a conditional yes, because what I understand of the virus is I may be uh, vaccinated, I am. But uh, that doesn't mean that everyone else up there is. So if I'm to go up there and, 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 um, be in an environment where there's people who are vaccinated and others who are still waiting, I simply am not comfortable with that. So I'm hoping that we'll have the vaccine rollout, you know, more and more rapid. It's getting very quick now. It's down to 60 plus can phone in and be put on a waiting list for mm -hmm. a, a vaccine. As long as you're not picky picky about what you, what you are vaccinated with. So mine is a conditional. Yes. I just feel really nervous about, uh, throwing myself into a situation where, 
we many of us have been extremely careful, extremely cautious, and ex- extremely respectful of everyone around us. But hey, we have to eat, so we have to go and get groceries. We have, you know, we have to use washrooms. We have to do this and that. It's it's fine in one state to say we're totally distanced, but with a lot of people in one place, I just yeah, I, I'm very uncomfortable with it. So mine's a conditional. If everybody has had one shot. By then, I'm okay with doing it. And I know a wonderful place where I've been invited to stay. So I know those folks mm-hmm. most likely will be vaccinated and, and, and that'll help too. And I hope I don't sound wishy-washy, but this is this is cool. deep, Kevin. When you yeah. said this, I, I literally <gasps> took a breath and sort of centered myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, you got you got a really good point there, Mike. And, and that's, I guess that's the point of view where I'm coming from. Uh, Roy, you know, his son and mm-hmm. uh, yourself, Mike, um, and that kind of, you know, you guys are my, you know, my people. And then, of course, it extends out. And then, you know, I'm sure that Roy and Mike and stuff, they know other people. And we've all got our bubbles, right? Bubble, bubble, bubble. Oh, yeah. I mean, I disrupt the ecosystem. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, you know, Roy brings up a really good point. Like, since COVID, and to be perfectly honest, I mean, I've always, you know, except for the weekends or whatever, like I would be training by myself or yeah. I would mm-hmm. be doing by yes, myself. That's not different for me either. Yeah. So yeah. as I guess like, you know, let's whatever former athlete kind of a, an idea. The majority of my training was always, you know, alone, you know, it's that whole COVID bubble. Right. And, and so I can kind of see how like you can kind of, be isolated in your training, but, but yet that whole gray area and, you know, disrupting the whole perfect thing that everybody's got going on right now. I don't, I wouldn't want to be responsible for that. Right. Because my friends are. <laughs> and yeah, for me, it's kind of like, I don't have to, right. I don't have to, I, I'm self-motivated. I'm training like a demon. I'm training 15 hours now. Like I think I'm doing an Ironman. I'm not even, you know, a, a half was my goal. So motivation is not an issue for me. Uh, and I don't mind being alone. I don't mind, uh, yeah training solo and I would love to be near people but that little voice dang that little voice in me is just going do you have to do mm-hmm. you have to and if you don't have to mm-hmm. why now so yeah that's my conditional yes I'll stop there <laughs> I, I was just going to add in that I mean when we generally as a rule when we do go to a community we are ambassadors for the sport and whether we're cyclists at that time or runners going to a marathon or triathletes going to to Penticton for Ironman or to Oliver for the half Ironman um, we wouldn't want to brand ourselves as these self-centered irresponsible athletes who are endangering a community and what was uh, I'll just put it out there as well I, I I certainly would go but I think Roy has really stolen my thunder as long as we can be in quote self-contained so that means mm-hmm. you know having our own accommodation so we're not going mm-hmm. to be interacting and potentially harming other people or catching it ourselves same deal goes with the food you know having that food purchased beforehand mm-hmm. not going mm-hmm. into any restaurants um i guess gas is going to be an inevitability you know filling up you know here in the lower mainland refilling in the okanagan and then coming back but other than that uh, i think if we minimize our contact um 
Yeah. Wouldn't necessarily. Can I, can I throw something out there? Though? Sure. Like picture us up there. We haven't seen each other for so long. People are craving interaction. I, I, I can't guarantee myself that we won't end up with a group of people in chairs saying they're six meters apart, having an after or a before sort of, you know, distanced social event because we all crave it so much. And then, dang it, somebody comes down with it. That's my big fear is that all it will take is 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 a, is a, a slackening off of everyone's expectations to be distanced and poof it's um it's blown up in our faces and i don't want to you know just as a as a coach as well as yeah. a person uh, i i just don't know if i want to take that risk but if everybody yeah, was, but uh, had the first vaccine <clears throat> hey it's done then there is it, the, the the decision is fine yeah well and i think too i mean i i would certainly abide by any of the recommendations by the the public health officer and stuff, right? Like by June, if they're saying, um, yes, you can travel within community by then. Well, that's something. If they're still saying, well, no, you live in Maple Ridge, you shouldn't be driving to White Rock for the day. Well, then you shouldn't be driving to Oliver as well. Yeah. Um, you know, if they're saying, well, you know, if by June uh, things are relaxed and enough people are vaccinated that we're back to a a maximum gathering of 50 people like they were at the end of August last year when we did the mock Ironman Penticton. Right. You know, that to me, you know, still keeping those parameters that I think we've become so accustomed to <laughs> with COVID. And I think a lot of those things are going to hang on for a very long time, you know, especially me being immunocompromised. Yes, I have the vaccine. How effective is it? I take immunosuppression right. twice mm -hmm. a day. So, you know, that 90% effectiveness, well, does, for me, does that mean it's like 40? Like, I don't know. So I have to be super careful. So will I be wearing a mask now from now until forever when in public, in the airport, those kinds of things, if we fly somewhere, probably, wow. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But so it'll depend on the public health orders. If we're not allowed to leave our communities, I, I, don't, I won't be going. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe some people will. If we're, you know, if they're saying, well, yes, you can you know, responsibly socially gather in groups of 20 maintaining distance and 75% of the population is vaccinated or those that want it. You know, I think eventually things are going to relax a little bit and not everyone yeah. is going to get vaccinated, even though it's available to everyone. Yes. yes. Right. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Uh, you have 40, 40 people show up there. You might only have 30 of them that even wanted the vaccine and are vaccinated. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. That, that's so much my to think thought. about. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I plan on following the public health orders that are yeah. in line. But if you, if we're allowed to travel, we will do that as safely as we possibly can. There's no event. I'm fully prepared to do something self, self, uh, supported and contained. So stay supposing you do drive up there. Okay. When it's you and let's say, you know, your wife Ann and Connor or, you know, Mike and his wife or whoever, when you're there and you're standing on the beach, I mean, and you look around, there's a lot of space out there, right? Like yeah. you, you, mm -hmm. if it's, if it's basically 40 people going up there. Okay. Whereas I'm not sure what they're, what is it? 700 uh, participants for an event like that. Well, it's, yeah, it's a double. Yeah. It's two races. So we can get up around that. Yeah. yeah. And then all of their, that's when it becomes that's definitely an issue right like that's definitely a, a, a big kind of a no-no but you know if if the head count basically is like you know 40 people 
spread out over a city, right? I mean, it's there's a lot of space, right? You're not going to be breathing on people and they're not going to be breathing on you. So, I mean, following all the kind of rules, you know, there's there's kind of a big difference, right? So, Anybody, but, uh, Roy or Mikey, any final comments before we say, hey, that was a pretty good first discussion question. <laughs> uh, my comment is it really got me thinking because, and the only way you get thinking is by hearing other points of view and, pe and other people's, um, uh, the aspects of their answers, the, the little fine, you know, the fine tuning of the, why they're a yes or a no or whatever. So I actually thought this was a really good discussion and I'm glad that you brought this question up and didn't tell us beforehand. <laughs> yeah. So I would agree. I think, like I said, I, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, as long as within reason, taking the appropriate precautions where you can, following whatever orders are in place. And I mean, you, you can only control what you do, right? That's right. So um, if you're doing everything you can do and you observe someone else that isn't, hey, stay away from them. <laughs> that's, mm -hmm. that's sort of the motto I've, you know, and that's, it's, it's even difficult. And I see so many people getting involved now because people are trying to, you know, police other people within mm. the community and stuff, and it's causing a lot of issues. Um, but uh, no, I think it was a great topic of discussion. And I may, you know, some people might find it a bit surprising that myself and my family would actually go, given that we are um, all yeah. in, in probably a more compromised position. But right. I think we are very careful. We take the appropriate precautions. We follow the mandated orders. Um, and we do everything we can to, to isolate and, and do things on our own safely. So mm -hmm. thanks, Kevin. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Roy. Thank you, K-Dub. Thank you, Mikey Ross. And uh, we're going to have to give you some homework because the next topic is going to be every bit as contentious. We are talking latex versus butyl tubes. Stay tuned. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> And that's it for another edition of FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. Coming up next week on the show, we're headed to the Okanagan for a two-for-one interview. We'll be FitSpeaking with some of the fastest age group triathletes in the country. Dave Matheson and Martin Caron will be our guests. FitSpeak is brought to you by Wenting Cycling Mission. Your Wenting's word of the week is FTP. Once again, your Wenting's word of the week is FTP. And yes, we're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. Whether you want to get faster or go farther, TriJoy can help. With our low client-to-coach ratio, we can give you the attention you deserve to achieve your potential. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See our link at the bottom of this page. Just a reminder, on Facebook, we are your local go-to spot for information and inspiration. Yes, it's FitSpeak on Facebook. And now at FitSpeak on Instagram, your place on the internet where you can see what we've been up to, what excites us, and for you to share your story in pictures. Finally, if you're listening to us on Podbean, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, why not drop by our website to see a bit more about the program and maybe leave us a comment on the show or ideas for future programs. For Roy McBath, Kevin Watt, and Mikey Ross, I'm Kevin Hines. Thanks for listening. <laughs>